Let us pray. O oh God, may our mere human words be faithful to the inspiration of your written word, but always point to the living word who is your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be with you again, even from afar. And that is one of the possibilities that is uh, joyfully welcome these days, um, even with the constraints we have on travel, that we can connect this way, not just technologically, but through the spirit. So it's a joy to be with you. And well, yes, as uh, was mentioned um, and came out in the beautiful music that we heard, um, we're still in the Easter season. And it is, well, Christmas wins a lot of fans, but Easter is arguably the biggest feast for us each year and eternally because it, well, brings new life. And that is what God wants for us. And so in today's gospel story, um, we've actually heard the third of the instances in Luke's gospel in any case, of the Easter encounters that people had. The first one, of course, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, had come to the empty tomb, and they were astonished, much like the disciples are here when Jesus encounters them. And they were having difficulty coping with this magnificent moment. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary were then spoken to by dazzlingly dressed heavenly beings who said, go and spread the good news. He is risen. And so they did. But then later in Luke, we, we see that Christ raised from the dead meets up with Cleopas and a friend of his as they're walking towards Emmaus. And they don't know who he is, but he engages them in a serious discussion about how their Messiah had to suffer for them. And he pointed to how this was fulfilled in Scripture. And it took them a while, as it often does, the path of faith. And finally, they had a meal together. And as they were sharing that food, they suddenly awoke to the realization, oh my goodness, this is the risen Lord among us. And then he was gone. And so this last moment in Luke is equally mesmerizing, but it shares something from the earlier moments too. In each of these moments, in each of these encounters of people experiencing the risen Lord, and evidence of his resurrection. I think you could say that, well, there's a combination of awe and also a certain degree of uncertainty and also to some extent fear. But what does Jesus bring in each of these occasions? He brings peace and understanding for them. He moves them beyond the the moment of fear and concern into greater 
wisdom and appreciation for the work of God among them. Yes, of course, initially, it must have been stunning and shocking for all of them. And I think we would have all been scared by what happened, of course. But as Paul reminded his friends in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. But also as a result, let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Don't be anxious in anything, but in every situation, lift up your prayers and the peace of God, which transcends all our human understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So in each of these occasions of Jesus meeting disciples and followers after he has been raised from the dead, he's compelled to bring them peace, for it is essential for their continuing in the new life that he gives. Now, you and I weren't eyewitnesses of the Lord's resurrection, and it must have been extraordinary and awesome and difficult to take in. And we are grateful to the accounts that we have of the Lord's resurrection in the gospel stories, because without them, what could we do? Now, there are many in our age and previous ages who questioned whether, okay, is, is there truth? Is there evidence here? But I continue to be baffled and overwhelmed by the fact that how could this small and scared and very sheepish group of unsophisticated people have become so extraordinarily motivated to share what had happened to them with all around the world if something miraculous had not happened. To me, the collateral evidence is fairly overwhelmingly convincing. How could we explain how these people would have reacted the way they did giving their lives to share the good news? And so, we can but be thankful for this time that Jesus came and reapproached them with the new life. However awesome and intimidating it seemed to be, it motivated them to do great things so that we too can hear their experiences and learn about faith in him and share it with them. And I just want to share um, a few images because I think as we look around us, I don't know about you, but there have been moments in my life when I've also had what might be described in some respects as peak experiences of revelation of the beauty and wonder of God that have been difficult to take in. And uh, yeah, they're awe-inspiring and moving. And sometimes you have to then reflect, okay, now, Lord, what do I do with these? <laughs> and so if I can share my screen, I'll just show some, some pictures. of uh, places I've been that have overwhelmed me, which, okay, they do not compare to what those first followers of Christ must have experienced. But this is on the top of one of the Alps in Switzerland where I did my curacy. And um, I uh, 
as a as an av avid runner i once it was involved in a race where you had to run from a valley to the top of this thing and uh, well getting there was extraordinary through the help of the lord but seeing the result was also overwhelming and it's still something that stays with me and it's not for nothing that this place is called pete's gloria <laughs> but also standing on the edge of the grand canyon a couple of years ago yeah it makes you realize that you're just part of a much larger creation and it's an ancient one that god has been working on for quite some time and it's awe-inspiring but also just standing on the edge of a river in uh, the Schelde in Antwerp, uh, looking at the beauty of the sky at sunset. And, well, being reminded of all the beautiful Renaissance paintings that this part of the world has created. But, you know, these awesome moments are often magnificent and huge, like what Jesus' appearance did for the disciples. But also just this week, I saw that some that NASA had produced a model of the human cell that's the most complicated and sophisticated ever. And so even in the massive and mammoth, but also in the microscopic, God is wondrous. And I can only thank the Lord for my personal experiences, not just in images, but in relationships, for instance, at the birth of children. And these are all moments of awe and wonder. They are small compared to the experience that the disciples had, but they all have moved me and reminded me of the magnificence of God in not only the massive, but in the minor and small things in life. And I think what Jesus is doing in reaching out to the disciples after he is raised from the dead, does both. He comes to them and he says, peace be with you. Because they're scared, they're frightened and startled, and they think they've seen a ghost. And yet, he says, do not worry. My peace, my shalom, will be in your soul. And to warm them up, and to make them feel at home, he asks for food. And this is something that Jesus does all the time, eating meals with people. We think it may be a small thing, but it's a very big thing. As was beautiful on the road to Emmaus, as was wondrous before he went to the cross for us all, he shared meals with his people. And as Bishop David in his wonderful sermon during Holy Week reminded us, what are the three things that we most like to hear in our lives? Well, the first one might be, I love you. And the second one, I forgive you. And the third, dinner's ready. And Jesus is giving all these to us, saying he loves us, that he forgives us, and that he wants to eat with us. And he does this even when we're frightened to make us feel welcome. Here with the fishermen, many of his disciples were fishermen, but he wanted to make them fishers of men as well as fish. 
he shared fish with them. He ate with them, but he'd shared bread with them before. And this speaks to me, to the miracles that he had performed with the masses, where with a few fish and a bit of bread, he'd fed 5,000. And that spectacular moment where Peter, once a fisherman, lifts a lame beggar to walk again. And he doesn't take credit for it himself, but he says to the crowds, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you at all? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we've made this man walk? It's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, who's glorified his servant Jesus that has made all these miracles possible. The very same God who had given a place to the homeless Abraham who had rescued his son from him so that they could continue as a family together and had transformed the tricky Jacob into a faithful father. God never lets us go. We are a piece of work and he continues to work on us even through our fear and through his magnificent resurrection Christ welcomes us to his table. So in the big and the small, God is reaching out to us. And I have to say, our readings today from Acts, where Peter heals a lame beggar, and Jesus appears to his frightened disciples, shares a meal with them to prove his care for them, but also invites them, like Peter does, to recall that God's purposes have been there from the beginning, and he wants us to go forward and share the good news. All these things come together in a beautiful Psalm 34 in its first verses. If I may, I'll read them out, because I think they just share the themes of these passages, but then scripture always fits so well together. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall ever be in my mouth. My soul shall glory in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look upon him and be radiant and your faces shall not be ashamed. This poor soul cried, and the Lord heard me and saved me from all my troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. And finally, verse 8. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is gracious. Blessed is the one who trusts in him. Our Lord loves us, forgives us, and welcomes us to sit and eat with him always. He invites us to taste and see him in the big things and the small, in the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the beautiful. And he invites us with his peace and the power of his spirit to share this good news and this invitation to all whom we encounter. Amen.